the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman coming to you just a couple weeks shy of Christmas. I hope you're having a great time out there. Shopping, shopping, and more shopping. We have to support this economy. No matter what they say, we need to continue to um, buy firearms. That's basically uh, what we're talking about here. Hey, folks, uh, this particular show, I've got a great guest, a guy I had to track down from halfway across the country, had to have him pull over on the side of the road just to make this show happen for you. But I have... Taborosaurus Rex. Now, Taborosaurus Rex, for those of you who are on the internet and checking things out, you're going to catch his channel. It's really amazing. And, and what I like about what he does is he gives you all the detail. Now, if I tried to give you this kind of detail on a radio show, I would cause crashes as you fell asleep at the wheel because it's a little bit too much detail for that kind of a format. But I got to tell you, when you've got your YouTube channel up and you're able to review it and see what he's doing, he's got some graphics that explain what he's talking about. It is extremely, extremely helpful. And uh, rexreviews.org is his website, rexreviews.org, or find him on the YouTube channel at Taborosaurus Rex. Taborosaurus, the common spelling, T-I-B-O-R-A, S-A-U-R-A-S, Taborosaurus Rex. And again, welcome to the show, Nostra Rex. Howdy. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about what got you going on this YouTube channel and, and basically what your format is and why you decided to do this. Well, I guess it started a while back. I, I, I've always been into uh, firearms and shooting and stuff my whole life since as long as I can remember, I guess, with my my father and my uncles and stuff, and just chasing deer around out in the countryside and all that. Uh, I never thought about doing a, a firearms-related kind of YouTube channel. It actually started off when I was uh, going to college. I thought that maybe I would do some music video stuff, so I was posting that on there. You know, it goes over like a dead fart sometimes with music video. <laughs> so you got so you went from <laughs> a, re- the Rex version of MTV, right? Rex TV was your music video channel. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. It's something I wanted to upload. And I was also doing other video stuff on there. Of course, uh, I did some of the Bible study stuff back in the day. And we still continue that a little bit. But uh, it, I, I forget exactly where it happened. But I did post a few little firearms-related deals. And it generated uh, great interest, particularly the ones where I was doing some trick shoot at long range. And uh, where I come from, it's not maybe that big of a deal as it is other places because we have to shoot long range a lot where I come from. And, uh, but when uh, it was on the video format online, people started going nuts asking questions on how you do that stuff. And so I started answering questions in the commentaries and uh, through the, 
I'm kind of, you'll have to forgive me, I'm kind of a computer dinosaur. I forget what they call them, you know, the private uh, messaging board or whatever the heck it is on the computer there. And uh, it was exhausting trying to keep up with all the questions, so I just kind of uh, decided, you know, I got kind of a little bit of a knack for teaching, and I'm a, I can communicate some of those concepts, I think. So I made a, a short tutorial Tutorial series was the plan on long-range precision shooting. How short was this short tutorial? Well, I originally thought, like, maybe three videos, but then I was like, well, it's going to take more than that. It'll take ten to really cover it. And then being uh, obnoxious with detail that I am, I really want to convey the information. Uh And there's a lot of detail there. And sometimes in anything, whether it be guitar playing or building motors or whatever a guy does, you fail to maybe realize on the surface the infinite depth and and details in any science. So it it ended up, we're at, I think, I think we got 100 uploads now or something. 100 episodes, exactly. Your short little video project. A short little video project is 101 uploads. Yeah, that's and these are not yeah, like uh, yeah. three minute videos. These are pretty substantial. Yeah, and they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty dense. There's uh, there's a lot of information compacted into them. Uh, they are in uh, some ways uh, we do kind of um, go over it as you would if you were to take like a college class on the topic. It's kind of how they're structured. So there's a lot of review in the beginning of the videos, assuming that maybe some of the viewers just jumped in the middle of the. The episodes or something so we kind of sort of have a little bit of overlap there but that's for the purposes of just reinforcing important themes and also uh making sure we expound on the important stuff enough to where it sinks in you know what i'm saying right now one of the videos i think that you were talking about you put online that got some interest was didn't you shoot something like a soda can or a beer can at about a mile <laughs> well that wasn't quite a mile although we have done stuff like that too just not on camera but yeah i think uh we, we do a lot of, you know, shooting whatever's laying around. Some of them targets are hard to drag around. Uh, I actually did prop it up on top of a, a steel iron maiden target, I think, if I'm thinking of the same video you are. And I think it's like 1,200 meters or something like that, maybe 12. I forget exactly. It may be 1,100 meters, 1,236 yards. And you only, yeah, and that one, uh, and you only shot the beer because it was warm, right? <laughs> actually, uh, we found it was garbage laying up there. A lot of people... Uh, I don't know if the cops are chasing kids out of the mountains or what they're doing, but they leave their beer behind, and it looks like it had been there for probably a year. <laughs> Good <laughs> so and fresh. Just, yeah, it's not quite a drinkable deal, you know. And it was only a Coors or a, or a Budweiser or something, so that's not even real beer anyway. So it, it had to get shot. That's just the proper way to put it down if you're not going to drink it. So. I, I think it's a merciful thing to do. You shouldn't have to drink yeah. a year-old Budweiser. You should simply shoot it. it that makes more sense. Right. It's hard enough drinking a young Budweiser if you if you like real beer, but I, I probably shouldn't say that. I'll get you guys sued or something. So forgive me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we we don't have any real names here. Anyway, yeah, uh, my name's Dan. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's my producer in there. So anyway, um, this particular shot. So you lined up. You're going to do a 1,200 yard shot on a beer can size target. Um, just go over some of the calculations that you have to go into. We've got. A little bit of timers. Just from the beginning, you've got your okay. target. Go from there. I'll give you an example of what goes into a detailed firing solution, I guess. Uh, the number one thing you got to determine is if you got any kind of crazy wind going on and even just a little bit of a breeze, that kind of a shot's basically impossible to make on the first. I mean, you can shoot a couple times and hit it then, but to make a first-round hit on something like that's going to be incredibly difficult to pull off with any kind of wind. So the conditions have to be very stable. Number one, uh, that goes into the determination of if you're even going to take the shot or not. But uh, on that day, and that's a valley where I'm pretty familiar with shooting, I, I, that was my old stomping grounds up in that area 
So I got a lot of rounds downrange in that valley. So I kind of know the wind patterns and stuff, and it was a perfect day. And uh, we had been shooting all day at other stuff, and I just thought, hey, this would be funny. Where you know, shoot this beer can or whatever, and uh, see if we can catch the bullet trace going down into the target or whatever. And uh, but to make a shot like that, uh, number one, you have to make a very, very precise range determination. Um, because if you get your distance to the target wrong, you're going to miss over the top or underneath it by like a dramatic amount. Uh, so you have to really determine your range. And on a small target like that, it's very difficult to do it with the reticle alone. Um, a lot of guys use a scope reticle on a lot of these mill dot scopes, and that was the Schmidt and Bender PM2, I believe, with the mill scale reticle. And uh, it's hard to determine because it's trigonometry, and the base on your triangle has got to be, uh, you know, uh, big enough to where the little skinny angle on the end that you're measuring with the milliradians in your scope um, is too skinny of a triangle to figure out. So you need to have a decent-sized target. The beer can's too small. Uh, I mean, you can get kind of close, um, but uh, we also use aerial photography or GPS is how I confirmed the range on that when I set up the beer can. I actually took up a uh, GPS uh, distance on that thing. And you can use lasers and stuff like that, too. And you want to average out all the different uh, range estimations you get to try to determine the range to the closest of your abilities. After you get your range determination, uh, you got to turn over to your ballistic tables to get your firing solution. They'll tell you how much elevation to dial in. And uh, my ballistic tables are set up in such a way to where they account for barometric pressure uh, changes. They account for ambient air temperature changes. That's all atmospheric density. But there's another big thing that a lot of folks may be missing, why a lot of people miss over the top and over the, uh, underneath the target, is muzzle velocity variation. Uh, due to ammo temperature changes, and my charts also count for that, because if you get your ammo temperature wrong, uh, your powder bird rate changes with ammo temperature, and that'll speed up your ammo or slow it down. And you, so could, you could be talking about a 100 feet a second difference in muzzle velocity. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And the areas where it fluctuates a lot, if you're zeroed at 60 degrees Fahrenheit and you get a real hot day, you could boost it 150, 200 feet a second, depending on the burn dynamics, the cartridge dynamics, your bore frictional dynamics, a lot of things come into play there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll dramatically increase, or it'll, it'll dramatically change your fire solution. And it's something that's not generally been corrected for in the long-range shooting world. That's been one of those things where uh, I think snipers have been encouraged to keep their uh, data logbooks right. in order because of things like that they never really identified properly. But uh, um, it's something that some certain outfits are aware of, uh, hard target interdiction teams and stuff have been uh, keeping track of muzzle velocity variation for a long time. Uh, but So we, we always measure our ammo temperature to make sure we got the exact ammo temperature recounts for that. That's awesome. And then hey, on a shot line. We're going we're gonna to hold, hold everybody in suspense whether or not the oh, Budweiser man. lived or died until we come back from this commercial break. I'm here, Philip Naiman, I'm here with Taborosaurus Rex. You find him at rexreviews.org or on his YouTube channel, uh, Taborosaurus Rex. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. 
For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Hey folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman here at the Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, Everything afforded under this, to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. You've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge, created in response to pending legislation from Sacramento. Well, Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in that challenge. Each month for the next year, there'll be a special offer on a firearm. Your goal is to collect as many as possible. During the month of December, you can purchase a Ruger GP100 6-inch blue 357 for $589.99. For more information about the challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo, 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. Or visit their website, bullseyesport.com, bullseyesport.com. Um, Go see Vince. He'll set you up. That Ruger GP100 for 589 is a great price. You're not going to beat that anywhere. So drive right by the fish store and go see Vince. Hey, joining me back here, I have Taborosaurus Rex. Now, I just like the name. I just, I only <laughs> you had know, you. If I would have known that if more people would actually watch the channel, I would have picked something a lot more concise than that. So I apologize for the crazy <laughs> name. You know, they didn't start off with that Dude, idea. You, so. Your channel's okay and all. I mean, you're okay, but it was the name is why I got you on the show. That That's it. It's Taborosaurus Rex. How, yeah, did, right. how could you not have him on your show? Anyway, no, I'm or just teasing. First time. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I love that intro, by the way. That uh, Bruce Campbell cracks me up in the, that, with the Army of Darkness quote. Hey, sharp, shop smart. 
Shop S-Mart. Shop exactly. S-Mart, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great. I, I steal a lot of things uh-huh. out there. And, um, anyway, yeah, so joining us back here, I have Taborosaurus Rex. He was just about to lay the hammer down on an un, unwitting beer can. Rex, pick it up from there. Okay, so I, I guess that's going into what goes into a firing solution. Right. We're talking about elevation corrections and muzzle velocity variation due to ammo temperature. Those things are all very important to get it uh, straightened out. Uh, there are some lateral corrections that you got to take into account at that kind of distance. Like, you'll get like 9 to 10 to 12 inches of uh, um, spin drift on a projectile at that distance as well. So that's something you got to account for just a little bit. And even if there was like maybe a 1 or 2 mile an hour cross breeze, and you can feel that on the whiskers of your cheek is kind of how you determine that if you don't got an anemometer. If you can just barely feel it on your cheek, um, that's why you got to grow a little bit of a beard out. You got to get a little scruffy, so it's part of your <laughs> anemometer system mounted on your face, you know. <laughs> but no, that, just a tiny bit of a breeze will move your projectile a lot. So you got to be OCD level uh, awareness when you're calculating all your atmosphere stuff. And then you dial it in. Um, I usually dial in my elevation just on the turrets, and then I will usually hold off and I'll, I'll usually dial in my uh, spin drift because our. Those are two things that are going to be relatively constant for the day or the shooting session. Right. And your wind drift is going to vary and your target lead if you're shooting at a moving target. So those I usually apply hold-off, lateral hold-off. So I just use the middle uh, marks in the reticle of the scope to hold off. And, uh, yeah, then you just get in a good position and practice breathing control and do the fundamentals and send it and see what happens. And sometimes you make a cool shot, sometimes you don't, you know. So how many how, how many takes? Will, sorry, how many takes was it before the beer can died? <laughs> well, that was kind of a funny day. That's why the wife was so surprised there because I was figuring it was going to be one of them deals where you waste all your ammo and nothing happens. But we shot it and it just exploded right away. So that was pretty entertaining. And it doesn't always happen like that. But I mean, if, if you really want to be honest about how many takes it takes, uh, I mean, I've shot tens of thousands of rounds out of big centerfire rifles at long range to get to the point to where a guy can even get close, you know? So there's been tens of thousands of takes that were never on camera or, uh, you know. <laughs> well, if it's not on tape, it didn't happen. camera behind a spotting scope either, so you can film stuff, but you just can't see what's happening. It's too far, you know? But uh, I was just exploring my, uh, I thought maybe it'd be cool to catch, uh, you know, a bullet flying through the air at long range to get the spotting scope set up properly with the camera, and it does my first try at that. It kind of worked. Well, now they've got the new phone scope systems, which are absolutely amazing. Turns your iPhone into uh, just an, the most amazing spotting scope you've ever seen. Oh, what the world. You haven't seen that? It's no, the iPhones can do everything. What's it's an adapter. <laughs> it's an adapter that goes onto your spotting scope, and you just plug your iPhone into it. And uh, right where the camera's right in the center of the, uh, of the lenses, and you're able to look on your screen and see what's, mm. what's through the spotting scope. Also helps for, for neck. There, I suppose, huh? uh, say oh, it again. That's, that sounds pretty fancy, yeah. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, of course, the guide when I went to Mexico and took my deer, he didn't. He used it the old scope way, where he had to try and hold it in front of the thing to film. But yeah, that works sometimes, as long as he never moves. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so what got you into this long t- long range shooting? I mean, as the people just heard this laborious equation that came into making one successful shot um you know what what was your background that made you even think about doing stuff like that well i mean i was shooting center fire rifles at age five or four or five i remember the first time my old man took us out and he was had a shooting bowling pins and he was laughing and i was kind of sitting in front of him and he was holding the rifle up because i was just a little guy you know 
and uh, I was shooting single-action revolvers and stuff like that at the age four and five. Uh, in this part of the country, that's kind of a normal deal up here, is this family, a family event, you know, to come up. And, and I remember just growing up shooting at long range because uh, we have competitions between me and my dad and my cousins and my uncles uh, who can hit the, the stick, you know, sticking out of the water or whatever at the, as far as you can see and all that kind of stuff. So I had uh, probably, I don't know, tens or maybe even hundreds of thousands of rounds downrange in between twenty two calibers and other, uh, you know, certified rifles before I was even in high school. Uh, so I was always kind of into it. And in, in the area where we operate up here as far in terms of sporting, um, you know, I mean, you're shooting at prairie dogs and coyotes. Sometimes your starting range is 300 yards, you know, and uh, usually quite a bit beyond there and running and all this. So you get a lot of rounds uh, out the front of the barrel, just um, normal stuff. And it, it was kind of a thing to do after school. That was the days before all the kids were into the internets and the Facebooks and the Spacebooks and all that kind of business. So basically, you, you went outside and <laughs> shot instead of going inside the house and played a shooting game. Right. See, yeah, that's the well, difference. the shooting game back then was Contra on the NES, and it was fun, but it wasn't very helpful for learning your <laughs> marksmanship. <laughs> oh, mercy. But yeah, yeah, so we just shot a lot of rounds out. And then, so, I mean, I, I've been shooting precision long-range rifle, you know, pretty proficiently at 12 years old, I suppose. I could hit stuff at uh, four or 500 yards just without any kind of special equipment or without any in-depth knowledge of firing tables or anything like that. And then, you know, I did some other things, and uh, we went out, and I, I got trained by some other folks, and a lot of different... I've always been a obser- I've always been an observer of people who know how to do things. I guess I grew up my uh, old man, and I'm looking up to my old man and my uncle, so if, if I'm ever around a mature adult who knows what they're doing in any category, uh, I will just listen to what they have to say, and I'll ask them every question I uh, have, and I'll have them explain it to me. So that's where I probably acquired most of my skills in, in uh, getting further. And, of course, there's a lot you can read. And then if you go to uh, different training outfits or whatever for different jobs a guy might have over time, you can acquire more shooting skills. But really, um, there's a lot more probably to be learned just in the civilian life uh, than there is in the law enforcement or military circles even. Unless you really, really get into it, there are certain job titles there that uh, really get into it. But um, uh, They're most pretty of select, just, yeah. Yeah, very select deals, and it's very difficult to get into some of those. But, uh, I mean, pretty much anything's available, uh, public information. Uh, you know, you can get a hold of any kind of information nowadays, and uh, and just uh, you can hang out with all the guys who did it, too. And that's uh, probably the best way to learn it is to get under uh, the wing of an expert or, or multiple people and just learn what they have to say, you know. Because there's a lot of them old white-haired guys, they, they, they love just taking some young guy under their wing and teaching them everything they know. Finally, someone's listening to them, you know. So uh, I take advantage of that deal every day, you know. Very good. What, what's your favorite caliber? Oh, man, that's a tough question. For long-range precision shooting, I, I suspect that's what you're asking. Uh, I really like, for just target shooting, actually, the 243 Winchester, believe it or not. I probably made my most amazing shots at that. I never did catch those on film because I was before I was a camera guy, you know. Um, but those are incredible flyers. The external ballistics on those, if you use 105 grain AMAXs, they don't, I think they discontinued the Amex now, uh, the Hornady Bullet. But uh, external ballistics identical to like a 300 Win Mag with 190 grain Sierra Match King. So if you want to train up on on a rifle that's economical to shoot and low recoil and uh, you know not too bad of a, a price range, um, 243 Winchester is probably one of my favorites. If you really have to get down to business and you have to make a hit on a target at long range and you need that extra ballistic coefficient and terminal ballistic performance with more energy than a 330 at Lapua, I think is probably my favorite. 
that cartridge was purpose-built for the application of long-range precision shooting. Most other cartridges have been retrofit for right. the applications of long-range the shooting. Bullets, you know, like the bullets, bullets, yeah, the bullets come later. Like right, the bullets come later. For yeah. that. Interesting selection. you got the barbell. you got the 243 on the left and the 338 Lapua on the right. Um, you know, yeah. you got the barbell effect on that, so very cool. Folks, you're Philip Naiman. You're listening to Deborosaurus Rex. Deborosaurus Rex. Find him at rexreviews.org. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn. Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! That's right, folks. Mulan Labe. Hey, you know, Taborosaurus, let me ask you this little personal question, just between you and I. What does Mulan Labe mean? Uh, Come and get them? Come and take them, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly right. I guess most of us saw it in the uh, in the movie Three Hundred, which that movie clip was, you know, where the uh, the Persians are saying, "Spartans, lay down your weapons." And the next thing you know, there's a long range spear thrown through the air, takes out the front guy, and uh, Leonidas yells back, "Come and get them." So you know, it's it's an attitude. It's we are Americans. We're born a free people, and we will remain a free people as long as we decide to be free people and not sheeple. Um, our Second Amendment, you know, it, it, our rights, our rights are given to us by God. They are not given to us by the government. Um, we hear this time and time again, what the government allows, what the government doesn't allow. That's the absolutely wrong way to think about it. It's what we allow the government to do, and we need to take control of that. Rex, why don't you give me a, your, your two-second opinion on this? Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, anyone who's even vaguely familiar with history would know that a lot of times governments can potentially get out of control. And I don't think we're at that point in the United States where it's probably the most blessed country on earth. Even those people who get brought to with the United States currently, maybe they haven't been to some of them other places. But uh, we're pretty blessed. And they're still here. not. And they're still. Are... Rosie O'Donnell still isn't moving to Canada. Gosh, come on, what's it going to take? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Why did you have to bring that up? You just ruined my day. I know, but I didn't say the O word. 
But yeah, I mean, and I think one of the reasons the United States actually has been this free of a country for this long of a time, and maybe this is new to some folks, and it's probably not new to most folks who are well-read, um, is there is a deterrent in this country for people to get out of control too bad, and that's that the population kind of maintains a monopoly of arms, and we're well-equipped enough to make it uh, very inconvenient for anyone who would want to get radical, like in a lot of countries where they were able to take away a lot of the, the mechanisms of preservation of liberty, which is their firearms capacity, uh, very shortly thereafter, he had absolute, uh, I mean, it went downhill crazy fast. They went from first world nations that were at the top of the uh, social, uh, economic uh, whole situation, and it took them right down, and they went into complete tyranny, and then the whole country burned down in a world war. And uh, that's, that's happened to first world countries all throughout history, and the only thing that um, maybe we fail to realize is that it could potentially happen anywhere. Uh, so um, I think that the Second Amendment was not so much used to actually be used, if you know what I'm saying, it's more of a deterrent. And if people are well-equipped and maintain that uh, skill level, uh, it's a deterrent in that actually the, 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 a greater amount of firearms in the culture and a strong firearms culture that's also mingled with a good moral culture is a huge deterrent and it prevents crime and it prevents democide from uh, governments that potentially go out of control. So it's something that is, a lot of folks think that the Second Amendment people are sometimes nuts, because there are some people who are a little cuckoo, and uh, they might have more of that honorary spirit like Leonidas, you know, and they want to really get into the fight all the time. I, I don't think and they have that, Leonidas spirit. I just think they've been touched by the spirit. They are a little cuckoo. <laughs> you know, yeah, so you don't have to wear camouflage I, I think, pajamas. Right. And I think that although that does have its place in another way, if you want to get into the psychology of it, that's interesting. But really, the, the main thing about the Second Amendment is it's a deterrent. If the people are well-equipped, there's no way they can really have the monopoly and power because they just don't have that opportunity. So I think it's, like a, it's kind of like with nuclear weapons between the United States and Russia. As long as both sides maintain uh, you know, alertness and awareness that their sides is prevented, any war with Russia's so far, you know, in terms of World War III. Right. Uh, so it's a mutually assured uh, destruction policy. Unfortunately, if it ever does go hot, it's a terrible deal. Um, and we all pray that that deal never happens. No, nobody but wants with that. with firearms ownership, the same deal is true. It's just more of a deterrent. So. Yeah, well, it's strength through superior firepower. Peace, peace through superior firepower. Yep. That's what we need to talk about. Yep. You know, because yep. nobody robs a strong man's house while he's home, right? Um, they right. they wait till he's no longer he's gone or bound up or whatever it is, and and his ability to defend himself has been removed. Then they do that. Uh, crime in I, California. I yep, go ahead. You're you're not in California, so you're calling in from free America. Uh, we're we're talking to you from the People's Republic of Occupied California. Um, proc is what we're known as. So anyway, one of the things that we did, we did to ourselves again as a voting block, we elected to let more felons out of jail and restrict firearm usage in our last elections here in California. In addition for voting for Hillary, because, you know, we don't do enough stupid things. So the state is so messed up. Uh, we now will have a registration, just so you know what, what happens here. We'll now have a registration to be able to purchase ammunition. You have to buy a $50 registration card. You have to, it's a giant nightmare to purchase ammunition. 
Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I'm, a major, I'm a major reloader, and I highly recommend it because they ain't caught on to everything yet. <laughs> so um, that's, that's something that, that is absolutely ridiculous. We cannot own, not use or, or buy or purchase. We can't even own a magazine with more than 10 round capacity. Can't own it. And that's, yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, is a lot of the, the narrative has been uh, kind of shifted over to, well, what's the sporting purpose of a, a magazine with over 10 rounds? Right. That's not the whole point of, of being armed. Uh, uh, sporting is a side benefit. Hunting is a side benefit. But uh, they, are, they are weapons, and they're designed to be weapons, and it's a deterrent for bad people to do bad things. That's why police have weapons. That's why the presidential details surround themselves with Secret Service. Because it makes them more safe. That's why the anti-gunners um, have know, private security, so they can be more safe. Or they'll put armed people in casinos to protect the money, but then they'll cry when people want to put armed people in the schools to protect the kids. So people like casinos more than they like kids, is what I gather. So it's a little bit of a disconnect. But it's the narrative has not really been pushed by people who are who are truly organically worried about safety. There's actually that narrative has been pushed by people who have manipulated other people using those emotions yep. to uh, affect the social change where they can gather absolute power. It's the same thing that happened in history like we were talking about earlier. So it's just something to be aware of is don't fall for the trick because the consequences ain't very good. You're right, and here's how you look at it. I call this the Mothers Against Drunk Driving analogy. In the past, those kids who were up there on that hill left the Budweiser may have been drinking and driving, Right. And in the past, like in the 70s, 80s, and even way before that, drinking and driving was not that big of a penalty. It's a big deal, but not that big of a penalty. Mothers Against Drunk Driving came out, and if you're caught, especially here in California, drinking and driving, your life has changed. You know, huge, huge fines. Uh, you could lose your job if you have a professional license. You could lose your license. You know, if it's CCW, you lost your CCW. Uh, it, it will change one DUI, would change a normal person's life dramatically and not for the better. So what happens is people alter their behavior. You, you Uber, you drive with a friend, you simply d don't have two more drinks, whatever it is. You alter your behavior because the penalty is egregious. Not that it's wrong, I'm saying it's steep. So we have to take a look at firearm violence and apply the same measures. If you use a firearm yeah. in commission of a property crime, you get 20 to 40 years in life, in prison. No parole, 20 to 40 years. Why that span? If you're 20 years old, I'm going to give you 40 years. If you're 40 years old, I'm going to give you 20 years. I'm just going to take you out for your productive criminal career. But it's not an old folks home. If you hurt somebody with a firearm in commission of a crime, um, you pistol whip them, you shoot them in the leg, you shoot them in the stomach, they don't die. Life imprisonment. Period. Yeah. If you kill somebody, then it's death penalty next Wednesday. And if these were applied evenly, as the crimes happen, if we had district attorneys, what are those things, those hanging down parts on, uh, on a male horse called again? If, anyway, if they had some of those that stood up and said, we're, we are not releasing people, we are going after them, and we would fight the California courts and fight the state of California about releasing these prisoners back into our, our stream, we have, we have criminal felon manslaughterers getting out on this new thing. They're supposed to be nonviolent. They're in jail for multiple felonies and they're nonviolent. What do you think they were doing? Jaywalking? What? It's these are these are yeah. gang leaders. They've taken away all the incentives to keep them in jail for life, um, and they're putting them back on the street. It is not going to end well. We're dearming the populace and empowering the criminals. Crime is free in California. 
If property crime, yeah. I could go to your house, Rex, if you lived here in California, I could steal your Glock 21 off of your kitchen table, walk outside, get caught by the cop in your driveway and be given a citation and sent on my way home. That's how crazy it is wow. out here. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. You're listening to, uh, to me school somebody in free America about how messed up California is. <laughs> this is Taborosaurus Rex. Um, you know, pray for us, Rex. So we'll be right back after this with one last segment. We'll wrap it up. Check him out at rexreviews.org. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Joy to the I know you're being entertained today, not because of me, but because I have Taborosaurus Rex here on the line. Uh, folks, this is Philip Naiman. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. You can check us out at firinglineradio.com. I have all my podcasts up there, so you can subscribe on SoundCloud, get it delivered to you every single week, because you know you don't want to miss shows like this. Joining me again, I have Taborosaurus Rex. Now, that's his, his native name. Um, he comes from a... What, what, what's the heritage for Taborosaurus Rex? That is an interesting question. I was over in... Uh, is that Hungarian? Was it? I, I, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Of, my grandpa actually came over from Slovakia, but I heard that it's not the Slovak name. It's not a Slavic name at all. It's uh, Hungarian. It's a, Pleos- it's a but, Pleocene uh, it's name. Eastern, yeah, it's Western Romania, Eastern Hungary is kind of where, where that name comes from. But uh, they've been in uh, Slovakia, I think, for the last 500 years. So Taborosaurus is is from the is a Pleiocene Slovakian uh, heritage. Uh, there you go. Hey, there now you go. you've got a couple of new projects coming up. I wanted to touch on that for you. Uh, one of the yeah. things you do rexreviews.org, You do reviews, and what I like about your reviews is they're very in depth. A lot of guys will, you know, hey, I I got the scope. Look, it uh, these things turn and it has the crosshairs and it's black. <laughs> Okay. I've never understood the tabletop review concept yet, although in the winter time I do understand it because I don't want to go out and lay in a snowbank for a month testing a scope. So I, <laughs> I understand the deal up here, but uh, yeah, in the great nor- uh, American uh, northern plains up here, you know. 
Yeah. So anyway, so you've done a bunch of reviews and, and actually you just did your scope review. I think Vortex, well, one of my sponsors here, Vortex Optics, uh, came out very well in that. I was, I was watching that just the other night. So I was kind of glad to see that, for, especially for their price point that they did as well as they did. Um, but you've got Rex Reviews, review all different kinds of stuff from triggers to scopes to stocks. Uh, the other thing you're doing now are some podcasts. So why don't you tell us a little bit about those two ventures? Well, I'll tell you what, if, if you guys like being entertained and you want a diversity of opinion on any matter talking about firearm stuff, we got a cool podcast. Uh, it's myself, and then the host of the show is Lou, and then Casey Day is our webmaster chick. And uh, we all come from, like, radically different backgrounds, politically and religiously, and we talk about everything. We talk about social stuff. We talk about philosophy and uh, religious stuff, and uh, we have a lot of fun on the show. But we also get into a lot of firearms-related reviews. And it's neat having the other folks on the show because they ask the right questions. <laughs> because a lot of times if you get a bunch of people with the same idea in the same room, you're talking it's kind the of same jargon. Chamber. Yeah, so you're not really answering a lot. You're not covering a lot of ground. But with the, I think we got a really good cast, and uh, we keep it uh, really entertaining. We've got gun, or, uh, sorry, we got God, guns, and rock and roll all on the show. So you guys check it out. It's uh, available on SoundCloud and also supposedly on iTunes, although I can't seem to figure that out. But the links to it are all on the rexreviews.org. And we also post uh, videos on YouTube of excerpts of the podcast show, too. So we get into some pretty good depth on a lot of really interesting topics. So you guys would dig that. I almost guarantee it. Make sure you sign up also for the newsletter if you do do the rexreviews.org. That way we can send you updates, uh, reviews, special material. It's free. And all you got to do is, I think, put down your email address so you can get a hold of you and make sure you get the new uh, new uploads and whatnot. And so the, then the Russians hack your email address and you end up president. Oh, wait. How'd that happen again? <laughs> the Russians? Oh, mercy. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Wait, uh, I just watched Red Dawn again last week. That was pretty scary. Uh, the old one with Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. The real one. Yeah, the, the, the good one. Yeah. I don't exactly. know. Why do people redo all these movies? What happened to Hollywood? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, well... It's it's the same thing happened in England. You know the reason they have yeah. warm drinks is the guy who invented ice cubes died and took the recipe with him. So, <laughs> but I'm pumped. That's the entertainment oh, part, folks. Oh, it's, you're pretty funny. Yeah, I got you. It's a free, free show. You get what you pay for. That's just the way it is. So, um, your sni- your course sniper 101 that you have on the 101. 101 video versions on YouTube. Oh, you have 100 posted right now, but you're just finishing the finality of it. Um, tell us about this particular project, because I think it's pretty amazing, and it's it's been very entertaining and informative. Well, we cover it in ridiculous detail, everything from weapon selection, bullet selection. We explain all the physics dynamics of uh, the art of external ballistics, internal ballistics. And, here's, over, uh, and here's, the great part about, here's the great part about this, guys. Take a few notes when you're watching this. You don't really have to know what he means by it, but the next time you're at the range, you can drop some terms, and you're like the genius. <laughs> Trust me on this. Absolutely. Yep, and that's what it's all about is uh, pretending to be smarter than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't know the answer either, just run with it, man. Just buffalo them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we, we try to actually get people the full download of information. It's going to be actually a lot more information in terms of actually running the mechanics of the rifle and the ballistics and all that than you're going to get in any of the training manuals. Uh, a lot of the courses cover a lot of that stuff good, too, in the application of shooting practices. But if you want to understand the, the details, the minutiae, the idiosyncrasies that all come into play, 
It'll really give you an edge. And it's no substitute for actual training, um, but it definitely is a excellent source of supplemental education that'll really, really give you an edge. Uh, because if you don't understand the concepts of what's going on with long-range shooting, um, when it comes to troubleshooting a miss, you're going to be adjusting in the wrong direction and chasing your tail until you exhaust yourself and run out of shells. And then basically you got to, you know, then that's not as fun as if you just know what's going on right away. So that's the purpose of the thing is just a full download of information for folks who really want to get into the craft of extreme long-range precision shooting. And here's the one thing. Uh, I had a conversation with a gentleman this, earlier this week. He was talking about some of those long-range hunting and stuff like that. And he'd made some pretty impressive long-range shots. Hats off to him. And my explanation was, look, I do long-range shooting because I want that as a tool in my toolbox. Uh, twice yep. this year, twice this year it saved me. I made one shot at 480 yards, another shot at 503, and they're both one shot right where they needed to be, but I did my calculations. I had you know everything I lined up ahead of time. I mean, I was watching, I, I watched this big buck, this one from, from Mexico. Uh, he walked in from 900 yards to 500. I figured he wasn't coming any closer, but you know, I'm adjusting the, the range finder. Um, you use a program. I find in the field, because I'm older than you are, I have a hard time reading the digital screens. Yeah, so yeah. I laboriously, in 10-yard increments, write out my yardages on in a little three-inch uh, three notebook, spiral-bound, yep. that I keep yep. with me all the time. And each page is like, one page is 300 yards, one page is 405. So I just, for whatever elevation I'm on, I flip to that page, find my yardage within 10 yards, and, and it says right there, 5.25. Okay. I'm yep. clicking up. That's the best way to do it, in my opinion, actually, because a notebook is never going to run out of batteries. Exactly, or a glare, or just crack the screen. Who knows? You know, things happen in the you field. You hit the wrong button, or, yeah, exactly. I get frustrated, especially when you're in the heat of the moment. You get excited, and all your skill goes out the window. You're only going to be operating at one-tenth the skill level in a hunting or a tactical situation that you would when you're just laying all fat and happy and comfortable on the range. So you want to be way, way better than you need to be so that when the time comes, you might be good enough to maybe pull it off. Yeah, simplify it. Take take yeah. the confusion and the panic out of your mind and just look. It's, in, it's right here in your chest pocket or my fly pocket. I pull it out. I flip it open to that page, whatever ranges I'm working on. And it's it's sitting right there. So as I'm going from, from my range finder to my scope, looking down, making sure, you know, where am I going to take the shot? And it passes through here. Yeah. These are the ranges. But But – it's a skill set, and it helped me this year dramatically. I got two very nice uh, mule deers out of it. Uh, mule deer yeah. out of it. Plural has no Beautiful. S. Anyway, but but it's not something that I just want to say, well, I just want to go shoot a deer at 2,000 yards. It's Yeah, it, from, a, from a sporting perspective, this is just my opinion. I think that a good sportsman is going to try to outsmart the deer and get as close as he can. That's the fun of hunting right. is uh, trying to outsmart the critter. And uh, just doing a long-range shot sometimes, just because you might be able to hit that deer doesn't mean you're going to be able to guarantee put it down humanely. So I always like to get as close as I can. If I can take a 100-yard shot, that's more, uh, I think, responsible than taking a 500-yard shot because if you want to be 100% sure when you squeeze the trigger that the animal is going to be killed instantly so that it's not in any kind of pain if you're going to harvest an animal. You know you, what I'm saying? You know, that's exactly, that's exactly where I wanted to go with that because that's, that's the main thing is we want to send them from this side to the next side as quickly and humanely as possible. Um, you know, I, I've seen what coyotes do. And 
I got to tell you, yeah. taking, taking a hunting bullet is a far better deal than, uh, than dying by coyote. Folks, this is yeah. Philip Naiman. I'm going to leave everybody on that thought for Christmas. How's that? To- <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, Philip Naiman, uh, Taborosaurus Rex is the guy you want, you're going to want to look him up on YouTube, Taborosaurus Rex, rexreviews.org. He's a lot of fun, a lot of great information. I'm glad to, uh, to call him our friend here, Rex Tibor from Taborosaurus Rex. Have a very Merry Christmas and a very well, Happy you, New sir. Year. I appreciate it. What's yeah, your... you too as well. And, and try and stay warm. And if you need to come out to the warmer climates, you know, we can do long range shooting out here January through March and you don't get soggy. Beautiful. I, I love California weather. It's really nice down there. Yeah, that's the only thing we got. Folks, Merry Christmas. We'll, we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.